St. Anne's as my home parish, then St. Paul and Richardson, where I served as a deacon this past year, uh, following weekend at uh, St. Mary's in Sherman, where I did my pastoral year, and uh, another weekend a little later at Whitesboro, a little mission parish on the edge of our diocese, but that was the mission parish for St. Mary's in Sherman when I was there as a pastoral year seminarian. So I got to visit these communities that uh, were helpful in, in my own formation and give thanks, and the time in between plugging into various things, you know, you're the newly ordained in the in the diocese and the the pastors have been waiting with bated breath for eight more men who are able to help out with confessions or covering masses while over the summer priests are going, you know, on a little vacation and things like that. So we got to plug into some of those things and then of course take some time off ourselves before diving into full-time ministry, get some quality time with family and friends. So I did a little bit of all those things and it was a it was a great six weeks, but also very excited to be in the parish now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very exciting. Uh, I'm going to go a little out of order chronologically because sure. I'm just curious. Uh, the moment um, Bishop Burns ordained you a priest, mm-hmm. and you realized that you are now a priest. Mm-hmm. What was that like? What is that feeling? I, I can only think I can compare it to is when I got married. I'm no longer sure. single. I'm a married man, sure. and it was uh, kind, of, kind of like a ontological, yep. you know, difference. I mean, it's <laughs> On like the I, very I, level of your being. Yeah, yeah. You're just, something has completely changed. Something has now. changed. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what, what is that? What is that like? Yeah. So, the, let me back up a little bit chronologically and say, as a uh, when ordained a transitional deacon, there was a, a significant sense of I've been changed one by by the ordination but also that's the day where we first make our our promises and we promise obedience to the bishop we promise a life of prayer we promise celibacy so that uh last year felt a little bit like wedding day like okay now I've uh I've committed my life I have entered into my vocation and the change from in some way discerning or you know, like it's still not a hundred percent certain what my, what God's call for me is like to then, okay, I'm, I'm now living my vocation. So that was profound at diaconate. And then I thought, well, that's behind me. So like this one, you know, it won't be, it won't be a, a, a sort of no big deal, except that of course it's, it's priesthood. So yeah, I was anticipating yeah. still uh, something more and, and sure enough, the, the, not only in the, in the moment in the ritual mass, um, experiencing, you know, okay, now I know hands have been laid on me. This prayer has been prayed over me. Like, oh man, I'm, a, I'm a priest now, you yeah, know, but yeah. afterwards the, the sense of, uh, no, even as big as diaconate was, this is just something totally different. And it certainly sinks in more and more in the, in those days after ordination as people are calling me father and, you know, hearing including that. Your parents, time, including right? my parents, right? Including my parents, yes. Your <laughs> <The> dad <laughs> Which, calls you father. <laughs> <laughs> they usually say something like father, son and <laughs> to mm. me. So uh, yeah, yeah. can't leave out the Holy Spirit there. I, but, I think about Father Edwin where yeah. he's actually at the parish where he grew up mm-hmm. and now his, you know, his own parents mm-hmm. are parishioners and he's the pastor. Absolutely. <laughs> how, how funny. It is bizarre. But, yeah. You've got an interesting uh, family story story mm-hmm. because you know you and I were talking about this before we started recording is that your father was in seminary your brother Paul was in seminary that's both right. of them discerned out and are Correct. now married with their own children mm-hmm. uh, that, that's uh, how, how was that you know discerning thinking wow you know I come from a line that you know praise be God that they went I think I think somebody yeah. should always go if they feel the call mm-hmm. but how, how, how was that dynamic yeah so I mean I think that that for one is just a uh, the that 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 helped me in being open to the call you know it's not like uh you know 
there's plenty of guys who discern and it's just out of left field for their parents. They're like, what? No, you, you know, you were going to go and, and take on the family business or be, uh, be a lawyer or whatever, you know? And so it's that just this total shock. That wasn't the case for me and in my family, partly because my dad had, had spent a year in seminary and then, uh, and then, Thanks be to God, discerned out and and got married. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that for uh, my existence. Yeah, yeah. And but in, in a particular way, you know that that set our family on a foundation. That my dad, uh, as a as a father, uh, was also spiritual father of the family and leading us and and putting that on our radar together with with my mom and and then my brother Paul going to seminary was in a in a more immediate way impactful for my vocation because it was really uh, him being in seminary and me going through a sacramental prep for confirmation in eighth grade. I was at St. Luke's in Irving and I asked Paul to be my sponsor. And it, it was, you know, as a kid, like the priest just comes out of the sacristy every Sunday morning for mass. And, you know, you never, you don't know what he does with the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. For all you know, this, these priests just come out of, you know, they drop out of the sky and come and celebrate mass. And, uh, this recognition as a 13 year old that, okay, my brother is maybe going to become a priest just made it very real that God calls real men. And he wants, uh, he won't, you know, wants, me to discern his will for my life and respond to that. And the, the grace of that sacrament of confirmation combined with, with his witness really put it on my radar and planted this vocational seed very deep of, uh, I think that God might be calling me to be a priest too. Mm, thank mm. Tell me about the, the moment, you know, when you were 10 or 12 or 16 or 18 mm -hmm. that, you knew God was calling you to seminary. Yeah. It was, was there such a moment? Sure. Yeah. So knew God was calling me to seminary. Uh, I would put later, probably uh, in 2021, something like that while I was at college. But it was 13, preparing for confirmation that that was really on my radar in a significant way. And to the, to the extent that, you know, end of eighth grade and into freshman year of high school, I would be reading, uh, stories of, of priests and, uh, before I went to bed at night and I was just like, the, the my heart would burn within me, you know, of reading these stories and thinking, man, the priesthood is such an amazing, uh, amazing thing to be called to. And, and as I would kind of envision myself doing those things and celebrating mass and hearing confessions, visiting the, the sick and their dying moments, uh, there was just something that just, just I just lit up and and really was drawn to that. Now, uh, you know, I, I was uh, still young and immature in many ways, and so I, I kind of put that on the back burner or ignored it or allowed doubts to enter in. And uh, so, all through high school and college, there was kind of this. It was on my radar, and then it became more and more a nagging voice. And then mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. And you know, uh, my my disposition had changed and. Um, so I, I say I wouldn't, uh, there wasn't a moment that I said, I, I felt like I knew God is calling me to seminary and actually able to respond to it till, um, till the end of college. And it was like completely clear to me. It has been on my heart for eight years. I let, uh, I let it become a source of anxiety because I stopped, um, being in dialogue with God, the father and allowing that kind of primordial doubt, you know, did, did God really say, or does he really have your best interest at heart? Um, I allowed that to enter in and it wasn't till senior year of college getting into a deeper prayer life and realizing, you know, God actually 
is not just pestering me with this question. He's not just some tyrant who is giving me my marching orders and wants me to do it whether I like it or not. But he's a, he's a loving father who created me with desires that he wants to fulfill. And it was that transformation of my image of God that led in uh, at the end of college to, no, I I need to go to seminary and I want to. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he's calling me to be a priest. And I'm certainly not going to get any greater clarity about that until I take that next step and go to seminary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Father Kevin Coker is my guest here on the interview of the week. Uh, one of the new priests in the Dallas Diocese, ordained on May 20th, 2023. So May, June, July, less than two months ago. That's and, right. And uh, has his assignment now at Christ the King Parish in Dallas as the parochial vicar. Uh, very few of us ever get to experience seminary life. You know, we can only hear about it. Uh, how long was seminary? Uh, how many different seminaries were you mm-hmm. at? Did you ever go to Rome? Tell, tell us about those years. Sure. Mine was about six years, uh, almost seven. Two, uh, so year and a half, two years of philosophy. Uh, I was mostly at uh, Holy Trinity Seminary here in Dallas doing my studies at University of Dallas. And then four years of theology over at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans with a year in the middle there doing uh, pastoral year as we do here in the Diocese of Dallas. So I was at a, at a parish up in Sherman. And um, yeah, it's like you said, you, you can't really get the full sense except for going through it. But it, it's built around common life and prayer. You know, it's at Holy Trinity, it was about 60 of us guys. At Notre Dame Seminary, it was 130 of us all under one roof. You've each got kind of your dorm room style. It feels like stepping back into, into college a little bit in that way. But you're living, uh, living life together, being formed as you go through, of course, classes in philosophy and theology, prayer as you pray together multiple times a day and so you know uh of course the the mass together and then going out to do pastoral works and coming back to reflect on what what did that look like what you know where did you experience the lord in that and and how did you minister to that person and um how could you grow in in doing that um so all these dynamic aspects of our formation all built in uh on on common life together mm-hmm. so same same mary and sherman was where you spent the the one year that's right and you get to know the community and uh, really that i guess that's the time when you feel you you get to say this is what it's like to be a priest right so what were some of the takeaways of that of that year up in sherman yeah that that's definitely a very common experience for the guys in the diocese that they get to pastoral year which is usually somewhere between four and six years into formation. And then they see the full calendar year, basically, of priestly life in a parish. And and hopefully at that point, it's, ah, yes, this. Was that Father, it, Father Martin Castaneda, uh, That's right? exactly right. Yeah. I was with Father Martin. Yeah. And so, so you know, for the most part, that's for guys like a, a big moment of confirmation. Yeah, okay. I have been, you know, in a classroom and hitting the books for four to six years. And I know I don't want to do that my whole life, but it's to this purpose, you know, it's that I can be out here in the parish and be prepared to minister to people well. So there were a lot of moments like that in my pastoral year where, just for the, you know, we have summer assignments, but that's like two months and that's hardly enough time to get to know a parish community uh-huh. before you're, uh, you're leaving again. So the pastoral year was a time for me of seeing the, the full gambit of, of, um, of parish life and helping out with youth group and young adults and RCIA, getting to go to dinner with various parishioners and, uh, f- 
there in Sherman, for me, there was both English and Spanish, and that was that was great getting to engage in ministry in both of those communities and in the one parish there. And uh, so, so it's a lot of um, excitement because you're really getting a a preview, a foretaste of what the priestly ministry will look like. And um, and, and and yeah, that was that was certainly a big part of my experience there on pastoral year. How was your first mass? First, and where was it? First mass was at St. Anne's, uh, St. Anne's and Coppell at 10 a.m., which uh, it, w- it was incredible. On a Sunday? On a Sunday, yeah. Okay. So, so the day after ordination. So I guess, I guess uh, on a technicality, you know, and this is, this is just worth mentioning because it's beautiful that we're ordained in that ordination mass at, at 10 a.m. at St. Jude's on May 20th. And really, that is our first mass because we're priests by halfway through the liturgy, and then yeah. we con celebrate. Yeah. You know, so uh, which doesn't occur to a, to a lot of people, but it's it's really beautiful that then we're we're turning right around and offering the holy sacrifice of the mass together with the bishop as mm. our as our first mass. But but as we commonly refer to it, you know, our first mass as as a priest, we we think of that next day where we're celebrating our first mass on our as the as the main celebrant. And so mine was at St. Anne's that Sunday, the twenty first, for. Um, uh, and, and it was just this very powerful experience. I was very calm and, uh, very, I felt calm and collected. And, uh, th- you know, I got to give credit to our seminary for training us, getting us prepared for the mechanics of the mass. So I, I you know, I, I wasn't ever like, what, what do I do next? Um, but I will say that at consecration, I couldn't hide the fact when I elevated the host that my, my hands were just shaking like crazy. <laughs> and it was this, yeah. it was just this moment of sheer awe that, okay, you know, uh, two days ago, I, I could say those words as I practiced celebrating mass and, and nothing happened, you know, but now the, a successor of the apostles has laid his hands on me and prayed over me. And now I, I say those words with bread in my hand and Jesus Christ is now in, in my fingers mm-hmm. here, you know, here, yeah. here. And so just the, um, yeah, the, the awe at that as I elevated the host that, that time was, was remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I, the word awesome is overused, but that is awesome. You know, <laughs> in people, the literal people sense, say yes. my lunch was awesome, but, or, you know, my, yeah, but yeah, that, that was awesome in, in a little sense. And, uh, Father Kevin Coker is my guest, uh, ordained now a couple of, of months and, homiletics tell us about that it's not the most important part mm-hmm. of priesthood but it's a lot of times people like a good homily so Absolutely. Uh, you know what is your you know uh strategy i guess for lack of a better word of coming up with something to say sure. you know, during homilies and how did the, how did the first one go on uh, that day after ordination sure yeah so we it is emphasized at the seminary and you're right you know objectively okay well the mass is going to be the mass and you're going to get the eucharist but the the preaching of the word disposes us so well to receive what the Lord is offering us in the scriptures there to enter into it more deeply and then to receive communion with it with a good disposition. So it's, it's really important. And at the seminary, I had a homiletics professor who was from the order of preachers from the Dominicans. So, so I, I appreciate much of the, of the guidance that he gave. And, um, it's something I will say going from transitional deacon where we, we were preaching as transitional deacons, but you know, in our assignments, maybe one weekday and then uh, one weekday a week and one Sunday a month or something. And now it's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta prepare a homily for three or four weekdays and for mm-hmm. every Sunday, basically. So, uh, uh, you know, trying to keep the, the quality high while always, always with that disposition of, 
of confidence in the Lord that he wants to feed his people more than we do. So I think the first thing is, is turning to prayer with those readings and, and giving it the time and space that that requires, you know, looking at, especially for Sunday, wanting to, to deliver a, a thoughtful, prayerful, meaningful homily, you know, it, it's taking that to prayer earlier in the week and then throughout the week and letting it just kind of unfold and, um, there's lots of good homiletic resources and, and commentaries and saint reflections and things like that. And I have my go-to five or six resources and look at them all and then just see kind of what's stirring and where is the Lord really, uh, you know, striking me and where do I think he's going to, he wants to speak to this particular community this, this Sunday. So that's a little bit in broad brush strokes of, of that process. And then you can't go wrong by, uh, um, not saying too much, you know, <laughs> you can, right, if, right. You, if you stop a Sunday homily after nine or 10 minutes, most people are really happy. Yeah. 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 That's uh, yeah, and you can pack a lot into that. Absolutely. Amount of time as absolutely. Well. So awaiting your assignment and then finding out that you had been assigned to Christ the King. Mm-hmm. Was, was that, uh, tell us about that whole process. And when you did find out where, sure. where you were going to be. So this is uh, one of Bishop Burns, uh, treasured traditions is to uh, tell us on our ordination day where we're going to be assigned. So this varies across dioceses, how they do these things. But uh, here in Dallas, we it's nice that we don't have to think every day as we're approaching ordination, like, oh, am I going to find out today what my what my assignment is? Uh, we just know we're going to find out yeah. on ordination day. And we, we go right after mass one by one into a room with Bishop Burns and he blesses our chalices that we'll be celebrating mass with. And then he tells us, you know, I'm, I'm happy to privately, privately, privately tells us one-on-one. And then we get to go announce that to everybody in the diocese puts it online right after that. And so the the news gets out, um, from that point, but the, you know, for me, I, I really, uh, I had a couple ideas if I'm being honest of, okay, I think maybe I'll be placed here or there, but really made a, an intentional effort, um, in those months leading up, not to, not to overthink that and Mm -hmm. not, not because it's, you know, there's a great freedom that we have as Catholics that like our uh, God's will is manifest to us through, uh, through the, the legitimate commands of the bishop. And so it's just the response, our response is to God's will, a joyful yes. And so I could think a little bit about, oh, maybe I think I'm going to go to that parish or that parish, but with detachment and say, and whatever Bishop Burns tells me on, on ordination day is actually (laughs) where I'm going to go and where God wants me. And so then hearing Christ the King, uh, you know, the first thing I knew about that community was uh, Father Tony Lackland is the pastor. He was vice rector for me at Holy Trinity. And so I was very excited to to go work for him. And that's that's been a great relationship uh, as we've started off. And the other thing I thought was uh, Christ the King always schooled me in basketball as a middle schooler. <laughs> and I broke yeah. my nose playing against them. So you played for St. Luke's? <laughs> I played for St. Luke's in Irving. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that is so funny because when I, way back when, when I, I went to St. Patrick's in Dallas, okay. so we used to play Christ the King. They were the big rivals. Yep. And so yep, yep, I, that I, makes I, sense. I feel your pain. They used to, they used to beat us. <laughs> we weren't uh, even big rivals. We just, we just got walloped most of the time but we yeah. lost that game by one point so yeah. just remember. about a minute relay uh remaining uh so if you could sum up the first couple of weeks as a priest of christ the king uh a couple highlights or stories or uh, what comes to mind yeah it's it's been a really joyful start and you know there's of course just getting uh kind of getting my feet under me there getting used to the the new environment but doing priestly ministry i mean has been a source of great joy and it's 
it, uh, it, I, you know, everything has, has kind of happened already in the sense that, you know, of course you're celebrating mass, you're hearing confessions. Uh, we had a, a number of emergency calls the first week. And so going to the hospital and just being there, I think those are some of the most powerful and memorable moments, you know, being, being with the family that's, that's really suffering and just the realization of, um, you know, I'm, I'm the presence of Christ to these people in this moment. And then of course, giving them the, the grace of the sacraments. It's, it's been a, a real, honor and privilege just sense of walking on holy ground and and uh the amazing things that that god does in and through us is is incredible amen you mentioned being a kid reading stories of saints being inspired by heroic priests uh do you have a, a favorite saint or two anybody come to mind that really inspires you Yes. So, uh, I've got like, like 20 or 30. So let me think about one or two. <laughs> St. Ignatius of Loyola is okay. definitely a good one. And, and that's, you know, I went to Dallas Jesuit. So that's uh, a continued influence there. And then more recently, St. Philip Neri. And I think he's just a, he's a witness of joy and, uh, um, zealous priestly ministry that in the midst of a, of a very difficult time in post reformation Rome, but his response was always just, uh, just focusing on the present moment and lo- loving the people, giving the counsel that he could and, and being the priest that God wanted him to be. All right. Perfect timing. Uh, Father Kevin Coker, congratulations. Thank you for answering the call. And if you would close us out with a priestly blessing uh, through the radio waves, we'd appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Dave. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Diane, for running the board. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week, the first of our eight new orderly ordained. I'm going to hopefully get them all in time, but uh, thank you so much for being the first. Thanks again to Katie Kaiser for uh, sending out that email and suggesting this. Uh, it's been a great pleasure getting to know Father Coker a bit more. Um, if you have suggestions for future interviews of the week, email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Thanks for listening. Have a a great rest of your weekend. Dave, Dave, wake up. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry, sis. So I was having this horrible dream. The whole world had gone crazy. It was chaotic and good was being called evil and evil was being called good. Actually, and- that's pretty much how things are today, Dave. That's why we're encouraging everyone to come hear an outstanding talk called Pray, Hope, and Do Not Worry by Father Bill Casey on Thursday, July 20th at the Frontiers of Flight Museum in Dallas. Oh great, now I can sleep easy. That's the Summer Speaker Series event, right? Yes, and tickets are available now at summerspeakerseries.com. Wine and delicious food are included. Dave? Oh, come on, man. Hi, I'm Dave Kelly, owner of Kelly Custom Remodeling, a Catholic full-service remodeling and construction company, and a new sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Our motto is Turis Fortis Mihi Deus. God is my tower and strength. If you're dreaming of remodeling your home or business, you can reach me via email, dave at kelly, that's K-E-L-L-Y, customremodeling.com. Or by phone at 972-804-2513. That's 972-804-2513. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer, executive director here at the station and host of this program. Cecil Anderson is uh, running our board, and uh, we hope that you are making plans for the Summer Speaker Series event 
this coming Thursday. Hope you're going to be there. Uh, go to summerspeakerseries.com, summerspeakerseries.com. I have in studio with me uh, a gentleman I have gotten to know uh, over the last few years because we go to church together at St. Mary the Virgin uh, Ordinary at Parish in Arlington. He's also a member of St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas, which uh, a parish I love as well. And he is a new sponsor here on the station. So we're delighted to introduce you uh, to Dave Kelly, and he is a full-service remodeler and builder for residential and commercial properties, and his company is called Kelly Custom Remodeling. And if you put a .com at the end of that, you'll get to his website, and do not put an E in the Kelly, okay? It's K-E-L-L-Y. <laughs> well, well, Dave, don't put two E's in the Kelly, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> good, good point. Yeah, make sure you get one, right? Absolutely, yeah. You need, need, need at least one. <laughs> That's a good point. Don't pull one at the end, but pull one at the beginning. Yes. Okay, K-E-L-L-Y. Okay, yeah. good point. Well, Dave, good to have you in studio. Thanks for being here. Dave, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I, I love uh, what you do because, you know, we've had work done in the past in our house, and uh, it, it's just nothing like doing an improvement on a house and just making it look more beautiful. And for you to have this kind of talent and to be able to do this for people and to offer your services to our listeners is a great blessing. We'll talk more about what you do and your company in just a moment. But first of all, can you introduce our listeners to Dave Kelly and your family and maybe a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So, uh, well, uh, I'm married to Carol Kelly, uh, formerly Carol Cronin of Houston. I've got two kids, CJ and Lucy. They are a full-time job in and of themselves. They're awesome <laughs> little kids, but man, they keep us busy for sure. Um, I'm a transplant to Texas, you know, uh, moved here in 2005. I'm originally a Midwestern boy, uh, grew up on a farm. So, Is that you right? Know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What brought you to Texas? Well, you know, um, a number of different things. There was some work opportunities here at the time and sort of looking for something to do after college and was offered a pretty good job working for local uh, Catholic businessmen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So growing up in a farm. Yes, sir. And then coming to the, the big city. Now you're a city slicker. So that, that must have <laughs> been. Don't call me something like that, Dave. <laughs> Them's fine words. That must have yeah. uh, been a, quite a transition. Do you miss yeah. the do you miss the uh, the rural kind of uh, uh, farm life at all? Absolutely, I do. In fact, yeah. we have a, a property we get out to out in East Texas. Every chance we get, get some dust on the boots, et cetera. Yeah, so. yeah, that's awesome. And uh, have you always been uh, Catholic? Uh, can you talk about your your upbringing? Uh, just, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I um, actually grew up Episcopalian and then sort of left that in the mid-'80s to um, go more the evangelical route um, and then found our way back to high church Anglicanism in the early-'90s. Um, and... I frankly loved that. I loved the smells, the bells, mm -hmm. everything about the traditional liturgy. But then, um, you know, about 1996 or so, our whole family just sort of found we needed something a little bit more depth and found our way to the Catholic Church. Interestingly, because, you know, we talk about St. Mary the Virgin, sure. and that's around the time that I think the pastor at the time, Father Alan Hawkins, mm -hmm. converted himself to Catholicism, yeah. and much of the, the parish came with him. The actual church structure became Catholic, uh, and so that's an interesting timing. A lot was going on in the, in the 90s as well. So uh, has the, the transition to Catholicism been a, a smooth one? Uh, it, I love being Catholic, I presume. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, I love being Catholic. Yeah, it's a 
it's the faith of my fathers, you know, absolutely. So yeah. my my heritage on my dad's side is Irish Catholic, so it's it's important to us to mm-hmm. have that heritage and know where we're, we are where we belong. Yeah. And uh, just to you know, mention about St. Mary's again, there, there's some different prayers. If somebody comes to a Mass at St. Mary the Virgin, they're going to notice some different prayers, which come from the Anglican liturgy. And as you mentioned, the smells and the bells, the, the high Anglican um, service is actually quite beautiful. And the cool thing is the church in her wisdom allows some of those same prayers to be incorporated into the, 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 the Mass of the Ordinariate. And so people like you feel pretty much at home because you recognize some of the prayers from when you were growing up. Would that be the case? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any other uh, devotions, favorite saints, uh, prayers, anything like that uh, in your in your, your Catholic uh, tradition that you enjoy? Well, I, I know this is a, a rare saint that not many other people have a devotion to, but um, I love St. Joseph. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love him because uh, for many different reasons. He's the model of husband of husbands model of workers but um i've also had a, a special affinity to to him because he was a home builder yeah um yeah. we read in the books sometimes that he was a carpenter etc but you know historically looking at where they lived in nazareth and whatnot he was probably a home remodeler and home builder just like i am so mm-hmm. i have a special devotion to him because of that Oh yeah, well that's a that's a good choice. Uh, yeah, for for those reasons as well. So let's talk about the 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 company Kelly Custom Remodeling, and again it's K E L L Y one E at the beginning, not at the end. Kelly Custom Remodeling uh, dot com is the website. Dave Kelly is the owner, and as he mentioned, his wife Carol, and there are two kids, CJ and Lucy, uh, that he has in the family as well. Um, what what do you, what do you do, and uh, what got you into this line of work? Well, Dave, you know, I grew up swinging a hammer and fixing things and building mm-hmm. things. It was second nature to me growing up on a farm and in the country and whatnot. And, you know, after college, uh, well, even in, in college, I worked construction and, and whatnot. And then after college, you know, I thought, well, I need to get a real job, you know. So I went into, I went into business and mm-hmm. put a suit and tie on and, 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 you know, eventually I just realized that just, that wasn't my vocation. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't my vocation. I really loved building things and I loved, um, renovating things and, um, uh, found my way back into my true calling. Um, you know, and, uh, and here I am, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I love what I do. It's absolutely, it's very rewarding. Of yeah. course, nothing's perfect, but, um, every day I hop out of bed, I'm like, you know, this, what are we gonna do today? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I think certain people, tell me if you agree with this or not, just have kind of a natural inclination. Like, yeah, you had to learn and you, you, you know, like like St. Joseph, you know, training Jesus. Yeah, there are some things you had to learn. But did you feel like you just kind of had a knack for this? Like this is kind of what you were born to do, this kind of work, construction? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of uh, projects, give me an example of the kind of projects that you would do at a you know, typical person's house who might be listening right now. Well, um, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of houses in Dallas that need a lot of upkeep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that we call it deferred maintenance gets out of hand and it just sort of goes from one owner to the next owner. And a lot of times people end up in a home and, you know, you get a lot of water leaks. Um, so we can provide a full range of services, whether it's redoing your siding, painting the exterior of your home, put a new roof on. Uh, or, you know, let's say your kitchen's a little outdated. You know, we can rebuild your kitchen, um, bathroom, mm-hmm. flooring, 
You need an addition. We can build an addition on your home. Let's say you need a new home altogether. We'll do yeah. a ground up. So you can build a house from from like nothing. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Really. And you got to... It's actually easier than remodeling one. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. You, you can design the whole thing, huh? Well, I usually bring in an architect. Um, we have a couple different guys we work with, one of which we go to church yeah, with on a regular okay. basis. Yeah, so, right, yeah. right. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I just... That whole building a house from scratch is just... I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know? <laughs> but uh, how, how cool. Do you Have you done that before? Have you, have you built a whole house, or is it mostly remodeling projects? Mostly remodeling. We've, we've yeah. done some ground up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... I've been involved in a couple of those. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we've, we've had, like I said, some, some, some work done in our house, and it's amazing. Uh, you know, the, the value of the house can increase pretty significantly just by redoing the bathroom or redoing the mm-hmm. kitchen, right, or something like that. So yeah. this is really an investment in the house. You may spend some money, but you're going to get it back when you sell the house, wouldn't you say? I think more importantly than getting it back when you sell the house is just the quality of life that mm-hmm. a remodel can give you. I mean, I just remodeled my own kitchen and I still a year and a half later just look at it and just love the feeling of being in a completely remodeled kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I think the quality of life that it adds to the the residence mm-hmm. is almost more important uh, than any perceived value that you might get. I mean, that, not to be ignored, of course, but really it's just uh, the quality of life um, mm-hmm. that can be obtained. Yeah, because that's where you live and you want it to yeah. look nice. And uh, there's a certain, I guess, for lack of a better word, a vibe that you get when you come in the house mm-hmm. and you want it to be a place that's that's comfortable. I know my wife has a great knack for decorating and she just loves the house to, to look nice. Uh, Dave Kelly is my guest. He is the owner along with his wife Carol of Kelly Custom Remodeling. Uh, full service remodeling and building of residential and commercial properties and you can find him at kellycustomremodeling.com Kelly is K-E-L-L-Y customremodeling.com You said you've got some Irish heritage um, and yep, uh, it's the Kelly. Okay, so then the, the Anglican is there some some Scottish or English or something else or well, where did the Anglican uh, you know heritage come from or the, the Irish would mostly be Catholic, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, like I said, uh, my my grandfather on my mother's side was an Episcopalian minister, so I grew up Episcopalian. Yeah, uh, my dad left the church back in the seventies and. Um, sort of became an Episcopalian. We left that in the 80s when they sort of went hard left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of came back to, we found um, high church Anglicanism sort of uh, by accident mm-hmm. in the early 90s. Yeah. And just yeah. really came to it because we appreciated the sincerity of faith, the people that went to the, the liturgy there, and also... Um, you know, the liturgy itself was very beautiful. Yeah, so let's. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to somebody listening right now. Yeah. And they're thinking, you know what? I've been thinking about this project for a long time in my kitchen or my, yeah. my bath or what have my, my living room. Now's the time to do it. So what is the process? They call you and <clears throat> what, what typically is the, is, is the process of getting something done like that? Well, like I said, we set up a meeting. We, t- we talk about their vision, what they're looking to accomplish. Uh, you know, dive into their budget a little bit, what they're looking to spend, et cetera. Um, and then once we come to an agreement on, you know, if it's a good fit, you know, mm-hmm. and what they're looking to do, then we'll usually bring in some kind of design 
situation where you know, they'll do the design themselves. That happens quite a bit. Or we'll bring in a, a designer. There's, we can go either way. Mm-hmm. Depends on the budget. And then, you know, uh, also, again, it depends on the scope of the work, whether we need to bring in an architect or not. And then we... We get going. Get, we set, get, we get, set a, a timeline, and uh, we get going. You know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's it's a there's a lot of ups and downs in a remodel, but most more ups than downs for sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's it's a blast. I really love working with people on building their dream home. It's 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 a lot of fun. Now we mentioned uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas, St. Mary the Virgin sure. in Arlington. So we got both dioceses. Uh, will you work anywhere in the Metroplex? I mean, our, our broadcast uh, uh, signal goes. I think we hit about eight million potential listeners, and you know, er- everywhere across the Metroplex. Will you go anywhere to do a job, or uh, is there a particular geographical area you prefer to work, or what? Well, Dave, I live in East Dallas, yeah. and I like to be on site at least you know three or four times a week, sometimes two or three times a day, depending on what's been going on. So, yes, to answer your question, I can go pretty much anywhere. However, you know, like I said, I try to focus most of my work to, you know, the Dallas mid cities kind of area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Dave Kelly, custom, uh, Kelly, custom remodeling.com, full service remodeling and building for residential and commercial properties. And, uh, the website, Kelly, custom remodeling.com. And you've been doing this, uh, what, uh, about, what is it? How many years? Well, all my life. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Since you grew up in the farm, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I worked for a remodeler in college and I worked for a home builder and, you know, I took a, a brief, let's just say I, I didn't, I wasn't in remodeling for about six or seven years. That's when you're wearing the you know, suit and you're going to yeah, the office absolutely. and you're like, man, this is for Kelly me, Kelly right? Custom Remodeling officially has been around uh, seven years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like I said, in, in different nuances and forms, I've been in this business all my life, you know, since I could swing a hammer when I was six years old, mm-hmm. et cetera. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are so grateful for you being a sponsor. And, you know, we always say if you need, you know, a service and you hear one of our sponsors on the radio, then please, if nothing else, check them out. Call them first. Uh, have Dave come over to your house and uh, and, and at least give you a quote and uh, do, yeah, do for some sure. work, work for you. Uh, what's the contact information? How can people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? Dave, people can call me directly on my cell phone. Um, my number is 972-804-2513. That's 804-2513. So that's my personal cell. Uh, and you mentioned before I've got a website. It's kellycustomremodeling.com. And uh, my email is Dave at Kelly Custom Remodeling. And that's K with one. That's Kelly with one E. <laughs> okay. And uh, there are some pictures on the site yeah, absolutely. of uh, the jobs that you've done. There are. What, what else is on the website that'll give people a, yeah, a better a, idea of what you do? There's a little blurb about me and my wife and our vision for what our company looks like. You know, there's. You can take your pick of different remodelers and general contractors uh-huh. in, the, in the area. And people ask me, what sets me apart? And I can't speak to the other people out there. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's incredibly important to me is 
communication. And that's, that's just that of all the virtues that you could espouse as a remodeler, I think that's one of the, the highest because, you know, anyone out there can buy quality, good quality and materials. Everyone out there can, um, you know, sell them at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. But I feel like one of the most challenging things for me and for any remodeler is open pathways of communication and yeah. making sure that the customer's vision is uh, that I can see that and that the, I and that the customers can see what I'm doing and uh, be able to talk to me, talk to my project managers at any time, and and that, that I think that in. And that's just not me saying this. This mm. is feedback from my customers saying the most important thing they've appreciated about the process was the open lines of communication and understanding what's happening when different phases of the job are scheduled, et cetera. And I've got software that supports that as well that's a lot of fun to use. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned about uh, people selling the house. If somebody is going to sell the house and maybe it's a little old fashioned looking and they're just trying to beautify it a little sure. bit. Is that the kind of thing you can just go in and say, yeah, I'd suggest this. Maybe nothing. I'm doing broken, it now. Broken. Is that you doing a job just like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And it's a good market to sell a house right now. And uh, you know, and because well, I'm not a realtor. A, I can't speak uh, to that. Uh, right. So, well, it's, yeah. it's a pretty, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty hot market. So the better you can, you make your house look the, yeah, absolutely. All, all the better. Yeah, I'm right. Call it updating. You update the house. Um, all right. Well, uh, Dave Kelly, thank you so much. We're so happy that you're a sponsor. And like I said, um, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you know, we sometimes encourage people to just call Dave and say, hey, thank you for being a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, it, it may or may not be the exact time that you need work like this, but uh, keep this website in mind, kellycustomremodeling.com. Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, customremodeling.com. I want to ask you real quickly, I think we've mainly talked about residential uh, so yes. far. What kind of you know, um, commercial work? Give, give, me, give us examples of that. Well, um, my experience primarily has been uh, bringing office space up to you know, a nice, fresh look. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can do that, absolutely. Yeah, all right. I'm commercially uh, licensed and insured. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Is there anything else our listeners should know about you or your work uh, before we close out the interview? Uh, we've covered it pretty well. Again, full service, remodeling, building, residential, commercial properties. Uh, anything else? Yeah. So even if you're not thinking of doing something for a year, give me a call. We can sit mm-hmm. down and talk. I can give you an idea about costs, timeline, et cetera. Also, if people are interested, I've got plenty of references that are available. Yeah, so. yeah, that, that, that's a good point. So, all right, uh, phone number 972-804-2513. 972-804-2513. You're going to start hearing spots. Uh, in fact, you may have already heard the spots on the radio for Kelly Custom Remodeling. You're going to see Dave's face on our social media sites. And so you're going to get a lot of Kelly Custom Remodeling here uh, uh, with KTH. And we really want to just encourage you, like Dave said, just uh, give them a call, even if your project is in the future or if it's commercial, if it's residential. Uh, is it the, old, the old saying about nothing's too small, no, no project too large, would, would that go for you? I mean, it just regardless of what they want to do, uh, give you a call. At least you can tell them whether you just can do give it. Me- Right. call and we'll we'll chat and we'll visit and we'll 
see what we can do. All right, Dave, thanks so much. Appreciate you coming in for the interview. And uh, again, that website, kellycustomremodeling.com, K-E-L-L-Y, customremodeling.com, 972-804-2513. And just while we have the opportunity, I just uh, invite you, if you're a small business owner like uh, Dave and Carol Kelly and you'd like to advertise in the station, run some spots, and uh, also support Guadalupe Radio Network. That's the other great thing about this mm-hmm. is that by running spots, you're also furthering the cause of evangelization. So we're very grateful for that. But you can reach me at Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. So thanks to Dave Kelly. Thanks to Sissel for running the board. My pleasure. And this has uh, been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardo Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. The Guadalupe Radio Network in West Texas has an opening for a general manager. This job is based in Midland. This is a wonderful opportunity to join an apostolate dedicated to the highest level of professionalism, competence, ethics, and Catholic values. If you're interested in this opportunity, email your resume and a cover letter as to why you would like to work for the GRN to careers at grnonline.com. St. Francis Village is located on 250 acres on the shore of Lake Benbrook in southwest Fort Worth. You will love to live your retirement here at this secure Catholic community. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786. Walk to daily mass and participate in various activities. You can even feed the deer from your patio. Rates include utilities for cottages starting at under $900. Call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and to begin living at St. Francis Village. All are invited to join in helping to make reparation for the sins against the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and advancement of the culture of life through Eucharistic Adoration every first Friday at Modern Day Parish in Irving. The next all-night adoration takes place from Friday, August 4th through Saturday, August 5th until 8 a.m. The event begins with a sacred devotion on Friday followed by Mass, Exposition, and all-night adoration, confessions, and benediction.
Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 